Good morning. Okay, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and go to the 13th verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 13. The uh, Lord has had me on the subject of faith last Sunday, this Sunday, and next Sunday. And, And you know, what does it take to please God? What does it take to receive from God? So it's a pretty important subject, isn't it? And in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it said, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Of course, I told you last Sunday that believing and having faith is the same thing. So if, if, if... If I say the word faith, and I say the word believe, it's the same thing. Is that right? But remember that believing is not in your head, it's where? In your heart. And when you believe in your heart, that's what is equivalent to faith. Faith is not mental assent. Bible faith is not mental assent. Bible faith is believing where? In your your heart. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, or I had faith, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, or have faith, and therefore speak. Now next Sunday I'm going to talk about the speaking part. Uh, Your confession is so important as it pertains to faith. So important. And uh, be sure you get in on next Sunday's message, because it's vital You need to understand how important your words are as it pertains to faith. So many Christians have never been taught that, taught what the Bible has to say about words. Words, so important. The power of life and death is where? In in the tongue. So we'll get into all that next week. It's very, very vital and very important. But this Sunday, uh, I want to deal with the first half of that verse. And since we have... The same, what? Spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. I want to talk to you today about the spirit of faith. Now, of course, as I already said, last Sunday we started talking about the subject of faith. And and if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. The principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. You need to understand that. The principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is caught. And it, 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 I've watched this over many, many, many years. People will learn the principles of faith. But it seems like they always struggle receiving from the Lord. Now, what does it take to receive from God? It takes faith. Now, I've watched this over the many, many years. People learn the principles of faith. We, we started on it last Sunday. If you missed, go back and on the website. You can get the message for free. Just log on there and you can listen to it. Principles of faith are taught. Spirit of faith is caught. And I've watched people, Christians, learn the principles of faith, yet I've watched some of those same people, they, 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 they've got the principles of faith down, they, they understand them, but they, it seems like they struggle receiving from the Lord. And, and I've come to conclude that in almost every instance, they may know the principles of faith, but you have to have a spirit of faith about you. If you're not watchful, the principles of faith can become very mechanical. Almost like a checklist, you know. Well, have I heard the word? Have I believed the word? Have I spoken the word? You know, and it's like a checklist. And, and while there's nothing wrong with that, but I, I've just watched so many people over the years that, 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 that the subject of faith has become so mechanical. And when that happens, we can conclude one thing, that those folk do not have a spirit of faith about them. Now, the principles of faith are important, all right. 
But you need to have a spirit of faith about you as well. So again, the principles of faith are taught. The spirit of faith is is caught. Well, how do you catch a spirit of faith? How do you how, how do you I mean, how would you learn the principles of faith? Well, you'd sit under somebody that's teaching you those principles, right? That's pretty simple. That's one way you would learn the principles of faith, sit under a good teacher or, you know, get a good book on the subject or whatever, you know, read the Bible. Certainly, that's the best book you can read and all of that, certainly. But how would you catch a spirit of faith? Well, I'll tell you, you catch a spirit of faith by hanging around people who have a spirit of faith. You catch a spirit of faith by hanging around people who have a spirit of faith. I'll say that again. You catch the spirit of faith by hanging around people who have the spirit of faith. And so the, the best people to hang around who had a spirit of faith are found in the Bible. Somebody said, well, those people are all dead. They've gone, you know, they've gone to heaven. How can I hang around them? Get in the word of God. And I tell you what, the people in the word of God can come alive to you. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? Are you out there today? Hang around the people in the Bible. Hang around them. Let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And in that 11th chapter, true, all these people we're going to read about are in heaven right now. But their record is given here in the Bible. And we can study their lives. We can hang around them in the word of God, in the Bible. And we can, by hanging around them... Let the spirit that's on them get off on us. Have you ever been around somebody that has the blues? How many of you know that old sour spirit on them can jump off on you real quick? Is that right? Have you ever had the blues get off on you that was on somebody else? And when you went in somewhere, you was happy. And, and you got around somebody that had the old sour blues, you know, down in the dumps. And next thing you know, what was on them jumped off on you. Is that, has that ever happened to anybody besides me? How many of you, you've ever gone in somewhere and you were feeling down and you got around some people that were happy and, and upbeat and that, 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 that upbeatness that was on them got off on you and encouraged you? Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? Well, that's what we're talking about here today. Hanging around people who have a spirit of faith. And let that spirit of faith that's on them get off on you. Now, that's what we're going to do here in Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We're going to look at various of these these people in Hebrews 11. Now, if you don't know, you need to know. Hebrews 11 is known as the Hall of Fame of Faith. The Hall of Fame of Faith. And in Hebrews 11... You'll see this again by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God by faith. All these people did what they did by what? By by faith. It takes faith to please God. These all these people we're going to read about had a they not only understood the principles of faith and enacted the principles of faith, but they had a spirit of faith about them. And that's what caused them to receive from God and be successful. Notice here, we'll start with uh, the fourth chapter, uh, Hebrews 11, uh, uh, fourth verse, rather, fourth verse, Hebrews, the 11th chapter in the fourth verse says, what's the first two words there? By faith. Abel. Now you remember Cain and Abel back in the book of Genesis. Offspring of Adam and Eve. It said, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Well... You can go back to the book of Genesis sometime and read and find that Abel gave to God his first, he was a shepherd, he gave of his flock to God his first and his best. It takes a spirit of faith to give God your first and your best. It does not take a spirit of faith to give God peanuts, to give him crumbs, 
to give him the leftovers. Cain brought to God of the fruit of his ground, and it wasn't acceptable to God. But Abel offered to God his what? His first and his best. And the Bible said he did it by faith. Don't ever forget this. It takes faith to give God your first and your best. People who have a spirit of faith will give God their first and their best. So I want to hang around Abel. I want to hang around him. I've learned this. People that have a spirit of faith are generous people. People who have a spirit of faith are not stingy. People who have a spirit of faith are looking for ways they can give to folks and help people, you see. Spirit of faith. And we could talk about him all day. Let's look at the next one, Noah, in verse 7, Hebrews eleven seven. What's those first two words? What, what, what are they? By faith, Noah. Now we'll talk about him. You know, he built a ship, the big boat. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Actually, you can study it out. It had never rained on the earth. Up until his, up until his, uh, until his day. It had never, it had never rained. That's what my studies have, have shown me. And he was divinely warned of a flood that was coming of things what? Not yet seen. We, we taught you last week. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so God starts talking to Noah about building a boat. Why? Because it's going to rain and there's going to be a big flood on the earth. Well, the flood hadn't come yet. Actually, it was probably about a hundred years, give or take, from the time God spoke to Noah about the coming flood until it actually began to rain. And the fountains of the deep were broken up and so on. So... God talks to Noah about a coming flood, something not yet seen. And notice what this person with a spirit of faith did. He moved with godly fear and prepared. He moved with godly fear and prepared. See, people that have a spirit of faith are always getting ready. They're always preparing. They're always getting ready. They're always preparing. They're always getting ready. They're always preparing. Preparing for what? Preparing for the next step that God has for you to take. Now, if you don't know what the next step God has for you to take is, if you can't jot it down on a piece of paper right now, then you need to get alone with God and find out what it is. Because the Bible says he takes us from faith to faith. And and I'd venture to say most Christians that I've met have no idea in the world what the next step God has for them is. They don't have a clue. But God has a next step for all of us. We need to know what it is. How do you find out what that is? By getting alone with Him, spending time with Him, and letting Him speak to your heart. And, and, And don't ever forget this. Anything you do for God, anything He wants you to do is going to take God will only give you the next step. He very seldom ever gives you, almost never, I've never seen it yet, where he gives you all the details. So I like to have all the details. I want to have all the details. That's not how God operates. That's not how he works. Well, I don't like that, Pastor. Well, God's running things. He set things up. We need to follow his plan. Is that right? And the only way we're going to be successful in life is to find out how God operates and then flow with him. And it takes a spirit of faith. God will just give you the next step. He'll give you the next thing you're supposed to do. And then you take that step. And then when you do that, then he'll give you the next step. And then when you do that, he'll give you the next step. And he takes us again, I want to say it, from what? Faith to faith. And so what did Noah do? He, he prepared 
when there was no evidence whatsoever that the thing God had said was going to happen was going to happen. Spirit of faith. And he prepared an ark for the saving of his household. How many of you know there came a day when he was real glad that he built that boat? Is that right? Now, you know, people that have a spirit of faith about them are going to be misunderstood by most people, including most church people. You need to realize that. I've learned that over the years. You start really walking with God and flowing with God, uh, the world certainly is not going to understand it, and most church folk aren't going to understand it. They're going to think you're crazy. How many of you know there was a lot of people thought Noah was crazy? Why is that old man out there building that boat? He's been working on it for almost a hundred years now, and there's no evidence that, there, that, that there's going to ever need. You're not, he's not going to need that. Waste of time, waste of money, waste of effort. But how many of you know? One day, drip, drip, drip. Oh, it started to rain, didn't it? And then the next thing you know, the fountains of the deep, the earth were broken up. Faith gets ready. Faith prepares. I remember a certain preacher. Uh, before, he's pretty well known now, but back years ago, he was not not very well known at all. And uh, he said that uh, it was on his heart to have a, have a traveling ministry and go out and preach in different places. And he had no invites. Nobody knew who he was. You know what he did? He started preparing sermons and writing sermons and getting them ready. He said people made fun of him. Well, what are you doing that for? You don't have anywhere to preach. Well, what does this person with the spirit of faith do? They what? They prepare. They what? Get ready. He prepared. He got ready. He started writing those sermons. And he had a bunch of them. And he, he wrote them and just one right after another. And he got them ready. And all of a sudden, the, the in, invitations started coming in. That's how, that's how God operates. I remember the story of Joyce Meyer, how when uh, she felt that God was calling her to leave the church that she was at, she had already she'd accomplished everything at that church that she was supposed to do, and it was time for her to move out. And uh, see, we look at her today, and we see that big worldwide ministry. You've got to go back to when she started out. And when she, when she stepped out of the church that she was in, uh, the Lord told her to go north, south, east, and west. She didn't have a bunch of invites. She didn't have anywhere to go. So she went to North St. Louis, South St. Louis, East St. Louis, and West St. Louis. See, we look at people now where they are and we think, oh, it took faith. I remember I heard her not long ago giving a testimony how when she'd show up, she didn't know if there'd be anybody there to hear her preach. Can you imagine that? See, we look at where people are now. But she is where she is now because she had a spirit of faith about her. How many of you know it takes faith to step out? Just on the word of God with no promise of anything other than he said to do it. Most people don't ever take that step. I like what Joyce Meyer said. She said, you won't find out until you step out. How many of you are would think that she's real glad today that she took that step of faith. And think of all the people that she's helped as a result. See, it's not just about her having a big ministry. Think about all the people that she's helped. That may not have been helped if she hadn't have taken that step. True, God could have used somebody else, but, you know, it, who knows? It's, it, but the thing of it is, see, we have to take that step of faith, don't we? Look at verse 8. By faith Abraham. What's that next word? And the first two words were by faith. And then Abraham he obeyed. Takes faith to obey God. You need to understand this about God. God will always stretch you. God does not want to leave you in your comfort zone. See, I don't like that personally. I like to find a comfort zone and just kind of stay in it. That's what I like. But that's not how God operates. 
God's always stretching us. Now, 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 he'll never stretch us to the point that we snap and break. Do you understand that? But he's always stretching us. He always, I don't mean he's wearing us out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about that he's always, you know, just about the, with God, just about the time you get where you think he wants you. Then, again, what does the Bible say? We go from faith to faith. He's always going to be stretching us. It's for our own good. And it's for the good of other people that we're going to affect, you see. By faith... Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out. He went out. How did he go out? Not knowing where he was going. See, now in my my, my personality, my flesh doesn't like those last one, two, three, four, five words. Not knowing where he was going. I like to know where I'm going. How about you? I like to have all the details. I like all that. But but that's not how God operates. How does God operate? Uh, he'll tell you to do something and then you won't know exactly where it's going to lead you. Now, I'm not talking here about blind faith here. I'm talking about hearing from God and stepping out on what God has told you to do. But when you do that, you'll just have the first step. You won't know really where you're going, where, ultimately where it's going to lead you. I remember my wife and I, before we got married, the Lord instructed us to get married, quit our jobs, and go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Rama Bible Training Center. Now, I tell you what. I didn't know... Where it was all going to lead. I had good people that loved me very much telling me you're going to wind up bankrupt. You're going to wind up out on the street. You're going to wind up, you know, starving. I had just gotten a math degree from University of Missouri, St. Louis. And I was I just got my first teaching job. And I was making de- decent money. And my wife was a nurse. She was making good money. And uh, we were going from that down to zero. Zip, zero. Nothing. No guarantee of anything. Other than just get married, quit your jobs, and go to, go to, go to Bible school. Now, don't do that unless God tells you to do that. See? Now, if we'd have just thought that up ourselves, now then that's kind of, that's, that's, that's not, we're talking about faith, but we're not talking about blind stuff here. We're talking about faith based on the Word of God. Do you understand that? And we heard from the Lord. And, and, and just giving you a personal example, and we, we stepped out on that. And when we got down there to, to, to Rama, uh, we're to Oklahoma, it's, it, Rama there, it's in, in, in Tulsa, it's a Bible school, when we got down there, Everything we'd believed God for, Diane had a list. She has always made lists ever since we've been married. Thank God for her list. And she had about ten things on the list that we needed. We needed all ten things to be there when we got there. We were, it wasn't going to be good. But we got there, and you know what? And I said, looks like somebody was here, and they got all this stuff ready for us before we got here. Well, I learned later, he's Jehovah Jireh, the God who is the provider. And that also means the one who sees ahead and makes the provision, you see. And we got down there and everything was all set up for us. But it did take, and I'm not trying to toot our own horns here, but uh, it did take a spirit of faith to do that. It's interesting. He told us to go to Tulsa. He didn't tell us to go to Iowa. Or California. How many of you know, some people say, well, there's an equally good Bible school out there in California. We'll just go to that one. How many of you know, if we'd have went to that one, we'd have starved. You better go to where God tells you to go. Remember when Abraham offered Isaac? God said, go to the mountain that I show you. Remember when he told Elijah to go from the brook? He said, go over to the widow of Zarephath. Remember that? Specifically. It takes faith in anything God tells you to do takes faith. If it doesn't take faith to do what you're doing, I, 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 I highly suspect God didn't tell you to do it. It takes faith. Real loud say it takes faith. It takes faith. He obeyed not knowing where he was going when we started this church. All that I had in my heart, we were meeting in our house. And we were having a Bible study, and all I know is the Lord said to me, go down to the school, rent a room, talking about 
that was talking about uh, uh, Rockwood Summit High School, go down to the school, rent a room, and teach my word. How many of you have ever heard me tell that, that over the many years? Has that story ever changed? You know, when, when you tell the truth, there's only one version you have to remember. And we did that. We stepped out in faith. And then, and then so on. And, and the Lord's provided for us every step of the way. Now look at verse 10. Still talking about Abraham. For, what's those next two words? He, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Do you know that uh, a lot of times when we talk about a spirit of faith, we're always talking about moving, doing something, moving, doing something. Move. I don't necessarily mean moving from one location to another. Sometimes that's the case. But, uh, but moving, doing something, you know, faith is an action word, you know, and all of that. But do you know sometimes a spirit of, a spirit of faith will cause you to wait? And do you know sometimes that can be harder than moving or being on the move or action, waiting? Doesn't the Bible say that there's some good things for those who wait on the Lord? He said he, said, he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, Abraham had a spirit of faith. He obeyed. He moved when he was supposed to move. Now, how many of you know he messed up some, didn't he? Didn't he mess up some? He, he, because he was human, just like you're me, he, he made some mistakes. But isn't, isn't it good to know that when we mess up and make mistakes, we can repent and get back to the plan of God? Isn't that good to know? Yeah, he had a spirit of faith about him. He messed up a lot. Abraham did. He did. He, 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 him and his wife, they, he, they messed up a lot. They missed God some, but they were always able to repent and get back to it. But here he waited. Sometimes it takes as much, you know, it, sometimes it takes as much faith To rest in God as it does to move in God. And on some people it's harder harder on them to just sit and do nothing. Not not do nothing. I shouldn't say it that way. Let's say it another way. Sometimes it's hard to sit and what? Wait. Because when you're waiting on the Lord, I wouldn't equate that with doing nothing. You see how the Spirit of God corrected me right there? See? It's right on the inside as I was saying that. I was saying that wrong. I have to See, when you're waiting on God, you're not being lazy. You're not doing nothing. That's what the devil will come tell you. Well, you're just being lazy. You're not doing anything. You're not being productive. No, there is a time to move in the Lord and there is a time to rest and wait. How do you know which is which? Well, how, do you, how does a thermos jug know if it's supposed to keep something hot, hot or cold, cold? Thinking on that. How does the thermos jug? Doesn't it keep hot things hot and cold things cold? But how does it know? You need to be led by the Spirit, right? Now, forget, I was trying to be funny with you on a thermos jug. You know, there are some people be thinking about that this afternoon. Wonder what, wonder what he was. I was just being funny. I was trying to be funny. It didn't work. You can know if you're supposed to be moving or waiting by right down on the inside. Right here. That's how God leads us. He leads us first through his written word and secondly by his peace versus no peace right on the inside. Did you hear me? I like what Brother Hagin said because he was talking about this. How can you know if if you've missed God or... You know, one way you can know if you miss God, he, he said it like this. He said, if you, have you ever washed your feet with your socks on? Well, you can tell there's something wrong, right? If you're washed, there's just something. If there's a dissatisfaction on the inside, then you'll know you're off track. You okay? See, people are waiting for God to lead them with God doesn't operate that way. Uh, People are often looking for the spectacular and they miss the supernatural move of God. 
Notice verse 15, still speaking of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they'd come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. See, people with a spirit of faith are not always looking in the rearview mirror. They're not always saying, well, we shouldn't have done that. We should have stayed back there. We should have stayed back there. You see, the Israelites, how many of you know, the bulk of them did not have a spirit of faith about them. You know how I know that? Because they was always saying, we should have stayed back there in Egypt. We should have stayed back there in Egypt. We should have stayed back there in Egypt. How many of you know they said that more than once? Is that right? People that have a spirit of faith aren't always looking in the rearview mirror saying, I wish I'd have stayed. Did you ever think about the Israelites? They wanted to go back to Egypt. Why would you want to go back there? They were in bondage. Yeah, but we was eating good. No, they'll follow God. He'll feed you real good. He was trying to get them. See, it wasn't the will of God for them to eat manna and all of that for, for 40 years. God had a land running with what? Milk and honey. And it was about a two-week journey. Is that right? But because they're grumbling and complaining, always looking back, among other things, it took them 40 years to make a two-week journey. And, and the bulk of them never did get into the promised land. There's only two of them. We'll talk about them here in just a moment. Notice here in verse 24. Let's talk, briefly talk about Moses. What's those first two words of verse 24? By faith, Moses, when he'd become of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. People with a spirit of faith do not care about worldly titles. Verse 25, choosing. You might want to underline that. People that have a spirit of faith, notice, Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. See, people that have a spirit of faith about them have no problem going with the plan of God, even though it's going to be a little rough, it's going to be a little tough. They'll choose the plan of God over the passing pleasures of this world. Verse 26, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. That's just another way of saying the same thing. For he looked to the reward. People that have a spirit of faith will keep their eyes on Jesus. Notice verse 27. By faith, there it is again. By faith, he forsook Egypt. See, people that have a spirit of faith have no problem forsaking the world. Egypt is a type of the world. What the world has to offer. The money, I mean, Moses, you got to realize Moses was second in command. He was likely, think about this, he was likely to be the next Pharaoh. Is that right? And he forsook all of that. And when he walked away from it, looking at the natural, it looked like the stupidest thing he could have done. He was next in line to be the Pharaoh. He walked away from the treasures The power, the prestige, he walked away from it, didn't he? And now he's on the backside of the desert for 40 years. Think about that, when he could have been in the palace. But now he's in the backside of the desert for 40 years. And in the process of time, think about this. Most people don't ever think about what I'm telling you right now. Somebody got drowned... In the Red Sea, uh, that would be Pharaoh and his men. So had Moses not obeyed God, God would have more than likely chosen somebody else. Don't ever think you're the only one. God, remember, Elijah said, I'm the only one. And God said, I got 7,000 and haven't bowed. Remember that? And if Moses, it looked stupid at the time when he walked away from all that power and prestige... To go into the back side of the desert. But now 40 years has come and gone. And now somebody's drowning in the Red Sea. And if Moses hadn't obeyed God. Guess who it would have been. It would have been him. Pays to serve God doesn't it. At the time that you step out. It doesn't look like a lot of times like you made the right move. But if you've obeyed God. The time will come where you'll be thanking God. That you did what you did. Do you hear me? So it took faith, verse 27, for him to forsake Egypt, not fearing. What are we talking about today? A spirit of 
faith. But do you know the Bible says there is a spirit of fear? And I've learned this. People that are fully yielding to the spirit of faith will not have the spirit of fear about them. Did you hear me? I said people that have a spirit of faith won't have a spirit of fear about them. Did you get that? You really can't flow with both spirits, can you? You're either going to be bound by a spirit of fear or you're going to flow with a spirit of faith. Not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured. People with a spirit of faith will endure. And notice how he did it. As seeing him who is invisible. Remember, he that comes to God must believe that he is even though we can't see him. Is that right? How, did, how was Moses able to do all that he did? By keeping his eyes on God. And it took a spirit of faith to do that. And then verse 29. By faith he passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. See, you need to realize this. It took faith that, that, that those, those, those waters were standing up on either side. They were standing up on either side. Did you hear me? I said those waters were standing up on either side. And it took faith. How many of you know it took faith to step out into that water? It took faith. To, on the dry ground, actually, because it was on dry ground. The water was standing up on either side. Can you imagine that? Think about that. Think about Moses. I mean, he's got Pharaoh on one side. He's got the Red Sea on the other. How many of you know it took faith to raise that rod, didn't it? And then the waters parted. It took all night to part. Read it. It didn't happen like it, like in, like on Charlton Heston's deal. It took all night. God, and, 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 and dry ground. But it's still, how many of you know it took faith to step out there? Because just just some hours later, however long it took, when the, the, the Egyptians went out in there, they got drowned, didn't they? Now, now I'll say this. People with a spirit of faith are able to do things that people that don't have a spirit of faith. People with a spirit of faith can do things that people that don't have a spirit of faith, they can't do. Did that make sense? Because the Israelites, Moses... They had a spirit of faith. They walked through. People that didn't have a spirit of faith, they didn't get to go through, did they? They got drowned. And we could go on and on and on. Let's look at verse, uh, well, verse 30 is going to talk about Joshua. Uh, let me just say this. Joshua, who was his buddy? That brought back a good report. Remember Moses sent out 12 spies. And there's 10 of them brought back a bad report. Two of them brought back a good report. Joshua and Caleb had a spirit of faith. The other 10 did not. The other 10, they came back and said, we're grasshoppers. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. How many of you know people that are always saying, we can't do it. We can't do it. God said we could do it, but we, we don't think we can. How many of you know those people don't have a spirit of faith? But Joshua and Caleb, they came back, they had a spirit of faith, and they said, we're well able to take the land. This kind of ties into my message next week. Uh, our words are so important. You can locate and tell a lot of times that people have a spirit of faith by just listening to what comes out of their mouth. Joshua and Caleb, they had a spirit of faith. We are well able to take the land. I want to hang around people like that. How about you? I don't want to hang around the grasshopper people. Hmm? Well, we can't do it. We look, we're grasshoppers in our own sight. No, I want to hang around people that say we're well able to do whatever God said we could do. How about you? And you know Joshua and Caleb were the only two to enter the promised land. Of that whole generation, they were the only two. And then in verse 30, it says, notice, what's those, two, what's those first two words of verse 30? What's those first two words? The walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Now think about this. God told Joshua to go around the city once a day for six days. And on the seventh day, go seven. And then after you do that on the seventh day, blow the trumpets, shout, and the walls will come down. Now how many of you know that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? 
And if you really read this story, before Joshua, before they came up against Jericho, Joshua was spying out Jericho and Jesus appeared to him. You can read it right there to begin, right at the end of chapter 5. Jesus appeared to him and he had his sword drawn. Commander of the Lord's army. And I, I can only imagine Joshua thought, wow, I'm going to get to see something here. He's going to go in and just destroy this place. And then he, he tells him, no, go around the city once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, go seven and then blow the trumpet, shout, and the walls will fall. Now, that, do, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? But if God says, do it, you do it. How many of you know it takes a spirit of faith to do that? And they did it. And how many of you know they were shouting while the walls were still standing? You know, most people want to shout after the walls have come down. But people of faith, they'll start shouting while the walls are still standing. Everybody else think you're crazy and nuts. But you just, you know, you just keep shouting. Amen. Amen. Say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Can you say amen? We're talking about a spirit of faith here. And various others. Notice uh, in verse 32 you see David. How many of you know David went up against Goliath? Remember what he said about Goliath? How many of you remembers what he said about Goliath? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I want to hang around somebody like that. He knew that Goliath the giant didn't have a covenant with God. And David did. I want to hang around people like that. Verse 33 talks about Daniel. Stop the mouths of lions. When it was against the law to pray, David, I'm sorry, Daniel, Daniel went in and he opened his windows and he he knelt down before God facing Jerusalem, I think it was, and he prayed three times a day. How many of you know it takes a spirit of faith to do that? When you know that if you do that, you're going in the lion's den. But he did it anyway. I want to hang around people like David, people like Daniel. How about the three Hebrew children that refused to bow when the music played? How many remembers that? I want to hang around people like that. When they said, we know God, they told Abraham, or gosh, they told Nebuchadnezzar, they said, there's a lot of tough names to remember in the Bible. How am I doing? Am I doing all right? They said to Nebuchadnezzar, we know that our God is well able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. How many of you know that's a spirit of faith? See, a lot of people will say, well, we'll serve God as long as he delivers us. But no, they said we'll serve God. We know he'll deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. Spirit of faith. Takes a spirit of faith to please God. And we could, I mean, it, uh, it talks about turn to fight the armies of the aliens, Elisha. How many of you know when he was surrounded, the young man said, what are we going to do? 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 Have you ever been around people? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Elisha said, they that be with us are more than they that be with the enemy. I want to hang around somebody that has an attitude like that. And then that woman, verse 35, received their dead, raised to life again. How many of you know when her son was laying dead and she came to the prophet of God? And he said, how are you doing? And guess what she said? It is well. People that have a spirit of faith will call those things that be not as though they are. People that have a spirit of faith will, while everybody else is looking, say, oh, my God, what's going to what are we going to do now? They'll say it is well. You better learn some things about a spirit of faith. You and you had a spirit of faith. If you didn't have a spirit of faith, your little daughter would be in a grave right now. Remember how the Holy Ghost told us ahead of time. For that weeks before that ever happened, and we prayed it all out. Yeah. Amen. Remember that? Yeah. Told us, told us weeks before that ever happened. Yeah. Sit right in here. Remember that? We prayed the whole thing out, and then she fell ill. The devil tried to kill her. We we had it prayed out. God had God always moves ahead of the devil. Glory to God. Amen. That's why we need to stay hooked with the up hooked up with the Lord. You see. 
Amen. How many? You remember that? Praise God. And then, see, even though we prayed it out, see, the praying part was the easy part. You had to walk it out. But it took a spirit of faith. And if you hadn't had that spirit of faith about you, you'd be going to lay flowers on her grave ever so often. But you had a spirit of faith. Praise God. And she's alive and she'll do the work of God. Amen. Praise God. The devil's tried to kill her ever since. Uh, remember in that car accident. But he'll not be able to do that. Let's stay in a spirit of faith. What do you say? Amen. Praise God. You see, we're talking about stuff that will save you and your children's lives. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Don't ever lose that spirit of faith about you. Amen. Glory to God. Can you say amen? This gets real serious all of a sudden, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me close this. I need to close. I could talk about this all afternoon. Mark 2, verse 2. Let's close this up. (sighs) Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Mark 2, verse 2. Immediately many gathered together. We've been talking about the Old Testament. Let's just, just, just a couple of things here in the New Testament and then we'll close. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Jesus is preaching. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through. Think about that. Did these four men have a spirit of faith about them? I mean, they were so... Moved with this spirit of faith that they cut a hole in the roof and they lowered the paralytic. Notice they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And then notice verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith. Uh, one preacher, Mark Hankins, I really like him. He, he has a sermon that he preaches off of this. He, he, he says everybody needs four crazy friends like these guys. How many of you know they, were, they weren't crazy at all? They were flowing with a spirit of faith. Is that right? I mean, it's humorous the way he says it, and, and, and I like his message. But, but really, these guys weren't crazy at all. Now, people look at them and think they're crazy. Worlds think they, the world think they're crazy. Most of the church think they're crazy. But how many of you know their paralytic friend, when he got healed, he didn't think they was crazy? Nobody thought they was crazy. See, after you step out and you find out that God's word works, then nobody's laughing at you anymore. They want to know, they want, they want, they want to talk to you. And how did, how, did, how did you do that? How many of you know people are coming to Joyce Meyer today asking her, how did you, how did you, how did you, how did you get this big ministry? Is that right? But she had to step out. It took faith, didn't it? How did you get healed? Well, I got four guys. They took me up. They took me onto the top of the roof. They cut a hole in the roof and they lowered me down. Spirit of faith. That makes me think of a story. There was a pastor preaching one time and he was uh, about ready to start a building program. And it was in a rural area. And uh, in a rural area, a lot of times fellows will bring their shotguns in their trucks. Is that right? Is that correct? And he happened to have a chainsaw in the back of his truck. And the pastor was preaching on a building program. And he said, yeah. He said, uh, you know, one of these days we're going to cut that wall out. We're going to we're going to take that down and we're going to build on. And so the pastor, everybody's getting all excited, you know. And so the pastor concluded the service and people had left and, you know, folks were still leaving and whatnot. You know how people will talk and whatnot. And that's all good. And uh, all of a sudden the pastor hears this. He's like, what, the, what in the world's going on? And so he runs out and the guy's got this chainsaw and he's just about to set it on the side of the building. I said, wait, 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 what are you you doing? He said, well, you're talking about building on. He said, I happen to have my chainsaw with me today. He said, let's just start the project right now. I tell you what, you could probably get a long way with a church member like that. If nothing else, he's got a spirit of faith. I'd rather have somebody like that. Now, don't anybody start cutting this wall out after the service. St. Louis County would get all upset about that, you know. Have to have a permit, you know. But, you know, you can get a lot further with somebody that will take a chainsaw to something like that than you can with a bunch of people saying, oh, it can never be done, can never be done, can never be done, can never be done. I'd rather have a bunch of chainsaw people than a bunch of can never be doneers. How about you? Amen? 
Well, I believe we got chainsaw people here today. Amen. Let's just practice. Let's do. Come on now. Yeah, you chainsaw people. Come on one more time. There you go. Oh, we can have a little fun, can't we? Isn't chains being a chainsaw? You can. You can. That's being better than an, I can. It can never be done. Is that right? You ask people when they tell people when they ask you, "What did you do at church today?" You can. I practice being a chainsaw. You see, a person with a spirit of faith will tear off a roof if the spirit of God's directing them to do it. They'll press through a crowd like the woman with the issue of blood. People with a spirit of faith cannot be silenced like Bartimaeus, the blind beggar. They tried to shut him up, but he cried all the more. People with a spirit of faith will sing hymns in the midnight hour from a prison cell. Like the Apostle Paul. And people with a spirit of faith will get up after being beat up. I said they'll get up after being beat up. I said they'll get up after being beat up. The Apostle Paul was beat up for doing the work and the will of God. And he got beat up. But you know what? People that get beat up, if they got a spirit of faith about them, they'll get up. Can you say amen? Stand with me if you would. I hope you got something out of this today. Amen. Yep. Well, I don't know about you, but I've gotten beat up some over the years for the work of the Lord. But I've kept getting back up. And some of you all, you've been beat up as well. I know some of y'all's story. How you've served God, you've walked with God, but devil's got some shots in at you and beat you up some but you had a spirit of faith about you and you got back up and I got news for you the devil is slimy and he's going to try to beat all of us up some more but I'm going to keep a spirit of faith about me how about you and if we get beat up what are we going to do we're going to get up Shake the dust off and go right on with the plan of God. Can you say amen? We're not going to quit. We're not going to draw back. But we're going to keep right on with the plan of God. All the way either until we live our lives out here on the earth to the full. And we complete our days. And we die on our terms. And go to heaven. Praise God. Or the rapture takes place. Whichever whichever one. But as long as we'll keep flowing with the spirit of faith, we'll be pleasing to God and we'll be victorious. And in the end, all will be well. Yeah, see, I got I to gotta correct that. That's not right. Not in the end, all will be well. Well, the Holy Ghost has corrected me today. No, we don't say in the end, all is well. When is all well? Say all is well now. Yeah, when is all well? So we don't say in the end all be well. That's true, all right. But when is all well? Say all is well. Right now. All is well. Right now. When is all well? When is it well? Right now. Say all is well. Right now. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Oh, I just feel a sense of victory about that. Amen. Amen. See, if you want to receive from God, you don't call things after the fact. You call things before.